0: Welcome to episode 62 of How About Them Huskies, I'm Connor and we got the whole crew today, Andrew and Matt, and this might be our most exhilarating episode, perhaps out of our whole, all of our 62, this is the most important one, we're going to be recapping the win over Georgetown and previewing the game against DePaul, it's a tough stretch in the Husky schedule, two teams on the road, makes it even tougher, but... I mean, come on. Huskies went into D.C. on Saturday, won by 25, 89-64. The first half, they scored 52 points alone. The second half was a little closer. I was watching on and off, and the second half didn't catch it all, but it was a little closer. But either way, we expected this going in. Actually, we kind of didn't because Georgetown seems to always play us close-ish. But this is the outcome that should certainly have happened against a team that's 1-11 in conference play, which somehow isn't the worst team in the conference. But... What was your guys' reaction to that game? Obviously, a blowout, not much to say, but how do do you guys feel?
1: Yeah, this kind of went how I was sort of expecting with our guys back. Obviously, Klingon didn't uh, make the game last time, so it was good to have him back. He obviously made an impact on the defensive end, got 25 minutes, so he broke that 20-minute threshold. But everybody performed up to standard. I mean, even the guys who didn't really perform, Tristan Newton only took three shots. Cam Spencer, 10 points, only took uh, six shots. Klingon only took four shots. So it's like, you know, maybe their numbers weren't great, but they did what they needed to do. And there was a very obvious game plan going into this game. So it was great to see just a dominant win. And
2: this wasn't going to be a numbers game. This wasn't going to be the whole starting five has double digits in every category because we would have had to score so many points but it was a game where really everybody contributed to their best uh ability like we were talking about before we came on the air castle was 17 points but not many assists but i got like dc had what six assists so it's it's a game where everybody can contrib- obviously we weren't picked to lose or anything but it was a game where everybody really needed to contribute and we did and we just beat the crap out of them <laughs> Yeah, that's
0: six assists from Klingon—that's something I didn't think we'd ever see. I remember he had like three assists before the first media timeout. It's just he keeps on finding. It's Caravan who does the backdoor cuts. It just works every time. They defenses don't know how to stop it. But yeah, I mean, he only had four points, Klingon. But he's a guy that doesn't need to score double figures, even though he can on any night because he just has that talent. But he's—we're fine with him scoring four, especially in a game like this. But. You mentioned Newton kind of struggled. I saw I saw online that he was banged up. He kind of played this game hurt. He only took three shots. So clearly probably something to do with his shooting. It was a right hand injury. So probably something to do with his shooting, but he's still, he's not shooting the ball. He still has nine assists. So having that option, oh, we're just going to have our All-American not shoot this game and win by 25. I mean, that's not something every team in the country can say they have. Let's go over the box score real quick before we kind of move on. Caravan, just loves playing against Georgetown. He balled out against them in Hartford earlier in the year. He had twenty-five points, four threes, in DC the other day. I mean, Castle's a pretty quiet seventeen points, but he went eight for eleven from the field, one or two from three. His his shooting has really improved over the past month or so. That's that was his main like his main weakness, the team's main weakness, honestly, because there's not a lot of weaknesses. On this team, you could say it is Castle's three-point shooting. He's up to 32% on the season. He's only made 11 of them, but I feel like out of those 11, like nine are in the past five games or something like that. So he's certainly improved in that department significantly. Who else we got here? Cam Spencer, 10 points, six rebounds, seven assists. I mean, we had three guys have six or more assists, and one of them was not our All-American point guard coming in, Stefan Castle, who had zero. I mean – The ball movement on this team, 26 assists, 33 made field goals, is just – that's championship-level stuff. We see that last year with Jackson and Newton both balling out in the tournament getting assists. you got to move the ball to win games. Georgetown doesn't do a great job of that. They only had 10 assists on 23 field goals, but I don't want to compare us to Georgetown. Do you guys got anything else from this game, honestly? I mean, we could look at the bench real quick just to see who produced. Hassan Diara has six points, four or seven from the free throw line. Samson Johnson, 10 points, 5 of 5 shooting in 12 minutes. Stewart was out there. He had 5 points. Solo ball, hit a 3. Apostles Rumoglu hit a 3. He's shooting 50% from distance this season, which leads the team, I believe. Unless Andrew Hurley has him. I should check that. I'm going to check that live right here. Let's see. This is, I know this is so exciting. Who leads the team? Nope, it's Rumaglu 50%. There you go. But... Yeah, just overall, when you from Muglou makes it three, it's a good day to be a Huskies fan. I'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah, we haven't even mentioned Samson Johnson, who coming off the bench played, I'd say, spectacular. Perfect five of five, ten points, just all around the rim. Pulled down three boards. I think all of his points were on dunks. Uh, the dude couldn't be stopped. And when he's kind of in that mode where he doesn't really care and he's just flying towards the rim, that's a, it's a really good sign.
2: I just think it's really weird that back-to-back years we've had Georgetown first at home and uh, packed proud of our passionate fans. And we've played like crap both times. And we go on the road. Last year we didn't play so good, but this year we kicked the crap out of them on the road. So I just don't get it why we played so good and then so bad against Georgetown. But it's also just really sad to see what that program has become. I mean, what, what was a Big East powerhouse is now what? can hardly fill 35% of the arena. So it's just it's kind of sad to see what Georgetown basketball has become. And honestly, I hope that Cooley can turn it around with guys in the recruiting class like Kayvon Mulready and guys like that. Hopefully they get some transfers because, like Hurley said about St. John's, a good Georgetown is also good for the Big East. So I just I hope they make some kind of comeback, honestly.
0: Yeah, I expect them to be decent this year. Decent is like eighth or ninth in the conference. Still not an NCAA tournament team. But I feel like just Ed Cooley alone is better than one and eleven, but they've just been a mess all year. They're not as bad as the team we're gonna talk about in a moment here. But yeah, all in all, I I didn't see this coming. I probably should have because the history they've had, but I thought Ewing's gone. It's a it's a fresh start. They're gonna be at least halfway decent in a in a big east that is honestly pretty top heavy. There's a lot of middle of the pack teams, but that's not the case. Now it's time to move on to one of the more interesting games on the schedule this season, a Valentine's Day thriller in Chicago against the DePaul Blue Demons. DePaul, we saw them once already this year. They are winless in Big East play. They are the worst power conference team in America, I feel like, by far. Louisville is better than them. Well, I feel like I don't remember who won that game. I should They played. How do I forget the outcome of that game? Let me see. They did beat Louisville, but they're 3-20, and and one of their wins is over Louisville. Maybe Louisville's worse. Who knows? But staying on track here, it, they have – we played them earlier in January. We won by 30 points, 85-56. I mean, I don't even know if it's even worth previewing this game, but we got to provide the content for you guys. I mean, the first matchup, Spencer had 20, Caravan 17, Castle had 14, Klingon – he was still out at the time, so Johnson chipped in eight points and four blocks. It was just – we dominated them from start to finish. I expect the same thing on Wednesday.
2: I mean, the only thing that's different is now Tony Stubblefield is not with the team anymore technically. Um, he is out. They have their interim head coach. But, I mean, yeah, it's we all know what's going to happen. Um, But I do just want to shout out our sponsor for two reasons. One, because – I mean, we need to, but two, because I find this pretty interesting. If you want to go to this game, you can sit four rows up from the court right across from the Connecticut bench for $57 in Hartford or stores. That's a three, $400 ticket. And if you use our code HBTH, that's a $37 ticket. So if you're around Chicago, around the area, you want to sit four rows up or four rows away from the Connecticut bench, go ahead and use our code and see if he'll take care of you. But I just find that. Insane. I mean, tickets are starting at nine dollars for this game, and you can sit courtside for one hundred and fifty. So, if you want to go see us absolutely destroy DePaul, use our code HBTH.
1: and I just did a little bit of research on DePaul here. Their their past four great past four games, not games games, they played Creighton, Seton Hall, Xavier, and Saint John's. So that's some um, mediocre to Good talent in the Big East. Those are some good teams all the way to like the middle of the pack. They have lost these games by a combined 119 points. So, not only are they 0-12, but they're terribly 0-12 if it could get even worse. They fired their coach halfway through the season. It's really ugly. If we lose this game, while well, this podcast may cease to exist, you might not hear from us, but uh, yeah, I mean, we should just expect another blowout. I don't like to talk like that. I don't like to say that we're gonna come in and we're just gonna wipe the floor. That's what's gonna happen. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we might see some solid minutes out of Andrew Hurley, maybe five or more. So that's my prediction for the game. Um, <laughs> I think it's like we 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 beat him up, but it's not like a massacre. I'd say probably like twenty five.
0: Well, I'm looking at their game log here, DePaul. They they only lost by three on the road against Georgetown, 68-65, and they get Georgetown in a couple of weeks at home. So if they don't win that game, they're going 0-20. Right, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. But you mentioned the streak they were on, at least the last four, when they've been getting killed. And the game against Seton Hall, they, they scored 39 points the whole game. That's less than a point a minute. I mean, we scored, what, 89, 80-something, high 80s against Georgetown? I mean – that 39 is crazy. That's like a bad half for us, you could say. I remember I saw a clip from that game at the very end. I don't know if you guys saw this. It was like a Seton Hall player missed a free throw, and the DePaul player like just got the rebound and just like tossed it out of bounds like it went in. Did you guys see that clip? Yeah, I, I wish I could show it on here, but I don't want to risk any copyright or anything, even though it's a DePaul basketball clip. That was just very funny to see. That kind of sums up their season as a whole, but I think we can just jump into players to watch for this one. There's not much more to say. You guys want to go first, and I'll round it out?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Andrew Hurley just because I, I want to see good minutes. That's it. I got to
2: stick with my pattern. I mean, the um, the last game Spencer had 10, and now he's going to go for 20, but I want to introduce a new segment for DePaul games only, and it's going to be a bench player to watch. I'm going to go with Apostolis because I think he's going to have eight points. That's what I'm going to go with.
0: I was low-key going to go with Apostolus for my player to watch, but I guess I'll go with Donovan Klingon just because he impacted the game so much with four blocks and six assists, but he only scored the four points. Like I said, we don't need him to score more than that in a game like this, but it'd be nice. It'd be nice for him to kind of pad his stats a little bit and get the double figures. So I really want to go Apostolus, but to mix it up, I'll go Donovan Klingon. Why not? It's a, it's a tough second place, but we'll roll with it. And I think that'll do it here. This might be our shortest episode we've ever done, especially in this format of a recap and a preview. But if there's if you want to know more about these games, we're just gonna win against DePaul. That's easy. Well, I've never been this confident before, even though we're gonna lose now. But Georgetown, we all knew you were going to win. We won by 25. We haven't lost in the new year. It's not going to be on the road to DePaul. I feel like that's my final thoughts here. If it's the first loss of the new year, 2024 is at DePaul. Danny Hurley might be headed to Kentucky. We might be done with him. Kentucky might be opening up. I don't know. I'm rambling on here at the end, but... That's all I got. Look for another episode later in the week. We're going to be previewing the game against the top five Marquette team. They're up to number four in the country. It's going to be a great atmosphere at the XL Center on Saturday. So look out for a a full preview. Honestly, probably even longer than this episode here. But that's all we got. Thanks for watching.